So Crisp, a tasty bite-sized podcast that serves business, bravery, branding, beauty, sex, love, motherhood, womanhood, feminism, labels, psychology, marketing, messaging, mavenry, musicals, and the mess we call life. All deliciously dished up and ready to consume. In fact, is there anything we don't discuss? Not with Jay Crisp Crow, copywriting queen from Crisp Copy in the kitchen. I hope you're hungry. Kick-ass businessing and maintaining of an actual life. That is what my guest today promises the women who work with her. And it is a big promise because business alone is work enough. It's more than a full-time job. It's a complete lifestyle and often a total life-changing event. Having a family is also more than a full-time job. It's every moment, every second. You eat, sleep, dream kiddos and money and kiddos and worries and schooling and feeding them properly and worrying about their relationships and trying to keep your marriage on track while your mission doesn't suffer. And remember a social life. And if you have them, don't forget the kiddos. While some business coaches and online strategists believe in putting your best, most filtered, professionally addressed foot forward, Angela Henderson encourages us to scrap those beliefs daily, turn up as yourself, hoodies and eating Nutella from the jar to boot. She's getting so crisp with me today to talk about what she brings to the table, humanity. Welcome, Angela. Hey, hey, thanks so much for having me. I love, we've, we've, we've basically had an entire conversation before this podcast started that is it's just ready to edit and put out there to the world. So I actually can't wait to hear what else you have to say. But you have quite a business backstory where you, um, where you grew through business to get to the point that you are now. Can you give us the highlights of that? Yeah, I mean, the really the main first highlight, I believe, is where I am today is I just remember playing with my son, Finley, who's now 11 when he was about nine months old. And I just looked out at the ground at Finney and there is all these like electronic toys, you know, he was taking like a, it was like a purple or red ball and putting it into the mouth of this, you know, monster. And then all of a sudden it would be like, yay, high fives. And I was like, oh my gosh, eight, I've got ADHD floridly. And I'm like, oh my God, there's too much noise and too much. I was like, why is this? And like, oh, and he's not actually doing anything for himself. Right. So that kind of got me thinking about, well, what other toys could I be introducing to him? You know, full disclosure, yes, we have iPads and yes, we have electronics. But at that stage, every I felt everything was electronic. Yeah. And I was like, you're only nine months. And surely if this is doing my head in, this has to be doing your head in as a kid. So that's when I started looking for um, toys and that uh, wooden toys that sparked creativity and fine motor skill development and gro- you know, gross motor skill development and really looked at the building those childhood memories between parent and child or sibling and child or grandparent and child. And that's how Finley and me started, uh, again, predominantly focusing on creating childhood memories through play, love, and travel. Uh, we had 1,400 different products at one stage. Uh, I then also started blogging because the people who were buying from me were these amazing women who are, were mums and predominantly had young children. When I surveyed them, it became very apparent that they had you know, postnatal depression. There is a sense of loss of self with being a mum, uh, you know, the loneliness of motherhood. And so I started blogging about these particular topics. And through there, I became one of Australia's leading parenting influencers. I signed with Netflix as one of their top 30 influencers here in Australia and New Zealand and worked with bigger brands like your Hilton's and your club meds, both internationally and nationally, you know, Woolies, et cetera. And that was also great because it allowed me to have two income streams within the business, mm-hmm. which was great. Uh, and then in consulting, I just remember over a course of a couple of months, I had about 14 different coffee dates. I don't even drink <laughs> coffee. Uh, I was like, what am I doing? Then I'd get to these coffee dates. I'd drive 30 minutes, give some advice, drive 30 minutes back, pay for my own Diet Coke. And then I had the aha moment where I was like, hold on. Yeah. If I would have charged for those 14 coffee dates, uh, strategy sessions, I could have a secondary business. And 
Yeah, my friend, that's where Angela Henderson Consulting came about about three and a half years ago. And now predominantly I work with women in business to get all the pieces in place to have consistent five figure months and then on to six and seven figure years, but without burning out in the process. So those are, those are my highlights. All right for that. So you've wrapped up Finley and me. It's, it's, uh, it had a decade, right? That you ran that. Yeah, so it was, and um, but there's something new brewing with the Ooh. brand. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of fun. Uh, I'm just in the middle of lawyers at the moment, so that hopefully will be announced in the next month or so. But yeah, there's something where we'll be able to take the audience that we grew with Finley and me and be able to apply it to the new uh, adventure. So yeah, so something is brewing behind the scenes on that. So again, being able to capitalize, we grew an audience to almost 70,000 people worldwide, 80% here in Australia. Uh, and so there's a legacy that I want to leave uh, for not only myself and my children but more importantly uh the world and so uh yeah there's something brewing behind the scenes so, oh that's yeah. exciting oh that's yes. very cool well in your mission statement <clears throat> which you can find on angela's about page you mm -hmm. tell the world that you want to support 2,000 additional women mm -hmm. uh, in business by 2025 so that they can have access to the tools resources community and coaching they need to be able to grow a similar kind of sustainable and profitable business mm -hmm. why is that so important to you and what impact do you think that the work that you do with business women has on the world. Yeah, I mean, I'm a mentor here for the state government and the, the state government of Queensland reached out to me a few years ago and just said, listen, our feedback is we don't have enough female mentors and we'd really like you to come on board to be one of our uh, female mentors. So I came on board and when I started looking at the data specifically here in Queensland, Australia was that women are uh, opening up businesses on par with men, but they're failing quicker and faster mm. than men. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was a really, I, I always knew that, but again, when you read it in your home state, it kind of hits some hits. truths. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was one of my things where I was like, hold on. And the, when they interviewed those women that gave that data, what they found specifically was that women indicated that they didn't feel like they had access to the tools, community and resources that they needed in order to remain in business or to in order to grow their businesses, yeah. um, which I thought also was interesting. So for me is I want to be able to provide a platform with Angela Henderson Consulting where women can either utilize the free resources that I have, because that's my, might be where they're at in business, which could be my blog, my own podcast, my free Facebook community, et cetera. Or I also equally have paid resources that they could have. Hmm. Also through that though, is I run Australia's leading four day, three night women in business retreat. And I offer 10 scholarships a year to women in business as a way of being able to give back because I believe that those women, you know, should also equally have access to be able to come and that it shouldn't just be the privilege that are able to come because they can afford it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I can say hand on heart that those women over the last few years that have received those have been nothing but grateful and have, you know, had leaps and bounds because they were able to get the tools, the community and to start building that confidence they needed to move those businesses forward. So, and lastly, the reason why my goal is to uh, be able to support, you know, a few more thousand women in business is that when you get wealth into the hands of women, you don't even change your community locally, you make an internet national and global change. Mm -hmm. Why? Because again, the data tells us that women are more likely that when they start to have wealth themselves, contribute that back into society. Men, and this isn't begging out men, but our data shows it. Men are more reserved and they hang on to their funds for themselves, whereas women will look at ways of giving back. So if I'm able to provide a community and tools and resources paid and unpaid for women in business over the next few years to help a few additional thousand, that means that there's a few additional thousand women who are contributing back into the bigger yeah, global that world. Massive massive ripple effect so yeah so that's do you know what I mean why I do what I do very cool okay so one of the reasons that I love your message and that I invited you into so crisp is 
is your take on setting aside what we believe about business to business marketing and business to consumer or customer marketing and reframing it all as human to human marketing. So can you tell us what that looks like? Yeah. So again, in the world that we live in is we're pretty much told that there's two types of marketing, B2B or B2C. Mm -hmm. And though I believe that those are elements that all businesses need depending on their business. I also believe the one thing that people are missing out is human to human marketing. And that ultimately is just the um, experience and interaction that one faces with a particular brand. And so, you know, people so often might have a great experience, but there's no interaction or they've got an interaction or they've got no experience or actually they've got nothing. <laughs> but in a world where it's already so noisy and you've got people competing for Facebook ad space and Pinterest space and all of this other stuff is I believe that businesses must start be thinking, uh, they must start thinking about how they can be adding the human to human element in because they need a disruption. They need people to remember who they are and what they do. And there's this great quote that I love where it's like I've learned that people forget what you did people will forget what you said but people will never forget how the way you made them feel and when you infuse human to human marketing into your business and you have that experience and interaction there's nothing left but to be able to feel right because people mm. are like wow they cared or they're not treating me just like a transaction and the other thing with human to human marketing that I think people are forgetting about that I'm seeing in businesses around having conversations with their clients and I'm a big believer that conversations equal connections which equal conversions. And so again, I would encourage people to be thinking about where are they currently positioning themselves to have that experience and interaction and equally, where are they opening up doors of opportunity for conversations? Fabulous. All right. So that kind of leads, segues beautifully into you're a Canadian, <clears throat> obviously we can hear that, turned yep. Bruce Vegas local. Mm -hmm. Do you think in Australia that we do business differently, especially marketing business from the rest of the world? Yes, as I was mentioning uh, before we press record, 100% I feel this is very different. You know, I've lived a third of my life in Canada, a third of my life in America, and a third of my life in Australia. And by far, I can spend more money in Canada and America without blinking an eye than I do in Australia. Uh, oh, I need to go to the dollar store in America. I just need to get a toothbrush. Oh, $84 later and 84 other items later that I don't need, you know, um, those that everyone know, but th that's, that's the way that the culture is trained us over there right yeah. you know, discounts coupons things like that it's they've reduced the barriers to purchasing because they've got all these other bells and whistles whereas in Australia you don't typically have those bells and whistles you don't have the coupons no. uh, or if you do it's very minimal you don't necessarily have a lot of discounts because if there's a discount typically I find Aussies going whoa what does that mean is that damaged goods or why yeah, is that being yeah. discounted we're so cynical um, uh, and you know there was this study I was telling you earlier that in Australia's uh, Australia's level of of trust in social media is the world's lowest and the reason why I show this is because if you think about if we are do mean is the world's lowest and they actually indicate that 26% of Australians in this study that they did trust social media compared to the global average of 44% now that's just social media mm -hmm. but because we're getting sold to on social media all the time if we're the least trusting country already behind France then it's a it's it's a direct reflection of why do you know I mean it's so much harder to sell here in Australia and even more important as to why you need to blend human to human marketing into your business journey, because you need to be able to differentiate yourself between everyone else. You need to make people feel that they're not just a transaction. And through human to human marketing, you're going to be able to break through some of that noise and move these people, you know, the 26% of Australians that 
do we trust Australia even higher? So yeah, I 100% Jay feel that Aussies buy and think very differently um, and that purchasing sequence than uh, the rest of the world. Uh, yeah, I, 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 lo I like us. I mean, it's, it's trickier for sure. I know that when I write for an, a US audience, they are not offended by you're going to miss out. You de you desperately need this thing. No mm -hmm. one's offended. I don't ever feel like in a US audience is offended by being sold to. Mm -hmm. They 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 almost uh, appreciate it as transparent and honest. Mm -hmm. um, where Australians, we have to do this thing to our to an Australian audience when we're writing for them. Where you you basically story to service is probably the biggest thing that I rely on as far as an Australian audience goes, which is like tell the story and then mention the service or the offering at the end and allow the Australian reader to think, oh, possibly I might need that. Let me go and have a look at it. So it's like, it feels like a, you know, a four step dance rather than just a step forward. This episode is brought to you by the brand new Fresh as a Daisy Crisp Copy Blogathon. Spend four modules working on your blog copywriting with me, Jay Crisp Crow, in a self-paced platform bursting with recordings, downloadables, and actionable copy blogging advice. Use the code SOCRISPPODCAST to get 15% off your blogathon spot at crispcopy.com.au forward slash blogathon. 100%. And I know even with my own podcast, we were looking at the data with um, the Business and Life Conversations podcast. And what we found is the, per the average person who converts with me and who equally when they convert their listening to the podcast takes them an average of four and a half months to convert. Yeah. Now, when I told this data to some other people, they're like, what? It takes how long? Four and a half months? <laughs> like, da, 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 da. And I was like, you have to remember that the majority of my listening audience is Aussie based. Mm. So again, when we look at that data and then what this study shows us, it does take Aussies a lot longer on the runway for the mm. conversion to happen. It's a slow burn. It's a slow mm. burn. Well, <laughs> So I, you, you, you bring a hefty amount of experience with mental health to the business coaches table. You have a master in social work, 15 years of experience being a mental health clinician. Do, how do you think that, that those skills and experience transfer to working with business women um, and entrepreneurs? Well, yeah, I, I think, again, I'm very grateful um, and show gratitude regularly about being able to have that experience. And I believe, you know, that I was always right on time for where I am today. Uh, that, you know, being able to do my master's of social work and then doing my clinical practice in North Carolina and being able to assess and have the privilege of being able to listen to individual stories about their mental health. You know, those who have schizophrenia, bipolar, anxiety, depression, whatever, has allowed me to, when I look at people's businesses, I definitely, when I say holistic approach, it is genuinely a holistic approach. So though when people work with me, they sign a contract that clearly states, if you are seeing a therapist, your therapist needs to know that you are working with me, that our boundaries start here and there, because I'm very clear about where I begin and end with my boundaries. Mm -hmm. But what it allows me to do is if I start to see kind of people wobbling uh, I can gently be like hey you know what else is going on is it in a, you know one of the things the mental health clinician is we look at is it happening in the home is it happening in community is it happening at work and for kids at school and if they start to say yes that it's happening in all three areas of life those are some indicators to me that I feel like I can able like you know have you talked to your GP about the sleep have you talked to your GP about the drinking right mm. uh, you know and very subtly do it and they're like, okay, because it, it's impacting the growth of the business. So I always take it back to the growth of the business. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so 
hands down, my mental health journey has allowed me to be able to help other women get through some times when they haven't, but equally, um, women feel a sense of connectiveness with me because not only am I a trained mental health clinician of 15 years, but I also have gone through my own anxiety and depression where I was at my lowest for two years. And because of that, you know, people, I've been in remission now for two and a half years, but because I've also had my own lived experience, people that start working with me, there's a level of trust. That's, I mean, that's a really the easiest way that I could say is that they know I get it, but mm. there's not even words that have to be expressed. There's kind of like the nod, she yeah, gets it. Um, so yeah. I think not only has my education and background, but my lived experience has definitely allowed me an opportunity to help women in business in a much different capacity than others. Does that help knowing that that works that way? Does that help you? Because I've seen you speak at a conference and you were very, very open about your mm. background with mental health challenges, mm -hmm. um, or whatever you choose to <clears throat> to call them, to label them. But yep. Does that help you turn up and tell that story again and again? Because, you know, I, I assume that you've told that story multiple times over the last years. Yeah. Listen, I definitely tell the story, but there has to be a place, even when I was at my darkest moments and I was still doing, you know, uh, running Finley and me and I was still doing one-to-one -one consulting there's a time and place in my opinion when those stories um, are shared for me personally now every person has their own stories and I, I'm not here to dictate when you do or when you don't tell them but for me is whenever I would post on social whenever I would you know share in my newsletter whatever that would look like is I always want when people read a post of mine that I've left them in a better spot than when they didn't read it so you know I wrote an article once called just because I smile doesn't mean I don't have depression and that article went pretty much viral and it was because there's these assumptions that just because you smile everything must be fine you're smiling Angela you're inside your Facebook group Angela you're working with clients Angela everything's yeah. fine but little did people know is that in between calls I was on the couch do you know what I mean in a dark room sleeping because that's all I could muster right yeah, yeah. Um, people didn't know that I had to take lithium right it's like these assumptions that people made because I was smiling and so for me is by able to share these stories again in a, in a time when I was ready to share those stories again to be able to help transform someone's life in a better spot than when they didn't read that story um, yeah I, but I never posted those images of me in the dark when I was in the dark because that doesn't help anyone right mm. oh poor Angela today oh poor Angela did it like I never wanted a poor Angela I wanted to be able to educate and empower people from that space yeah um, so yeah so I 100% share that story also I mean eight people take their lives every single day here in Australia that's eight lives too many it's on average about 3200 lives we lose here in Australia for me, uh, in entrepreneurship, the risk is even higher, in my opinion. You've got risk of financial um, uh, potential disruption in your family, marital disruption. Mm -hmm. You've got breakdown of relationships with your children. Uh, and then you've got, you know, your bootstrapping, that anxiety. And it's not just when you first start off in business. It's also when you hit <laughs> the growth stage yeah. and when you hit the scale stage. The, uh, you start off with a little bit of stress, which leads to burnout, which then bleeds to a full-blown mental health diagnosis. So to me, sharing these stories in a productive way, uh, I hope will allow other individuals to realize that A, you can get help, B, you can still be a kick-ass mom, C, you can still be a kick-ass woman in business, uh, and D, that it doesn't have to be a forever thing. Mm, fab. So I, I did, ask, for our listeners, I did ask Ange whether this was an okay question to ask her. Um, mm -hmm. So she's not surprised by what I'm about to say. So there is a perception of you as being larger than life. You definitely take up a room, Ange, and you command some attention. And I really like that. I love the fact that you are unapologetically Angela. But it does 
put some people on the back foot, especially I noticed when I first met you in person, people who may be competitors or in the same kind of space. How do you cope with, and I, obviously I wouldn't ask this question of everybody, but I know that you are going to be yeah, I'm, I'm brave enough to tell idea. us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about not being for everyone? Listen, you either like me or you fucking don't. There's not really a gray line, do <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I know that, that, like, I've been on stage at conferences where there will be other speakers who will challenge what I say, and there'll be other people in that same room that will go, actually, she's speaking, can you be quiet, right? So a lot of times I'm like, it yeah. comes from a place of their own fear. It comes from a place of them not being able to look at collaboration, but they look at it as competition. And at the end of the, the day, that's their shit. You know, you either like me or that you don't, you know, I get judged because I eat Nutella and and I'm supposedly killing orangutans. But the reality of it is, is whether or not I'm being judged on stage or whether or not I'm being judged online, the reality of it is, is I was being judged when I was one. So Mm. I was being judged when I was six months old, because the reality of it is, is we're being judged every single day. Mm. So, you know, but the equal part of that is, is we're judging people ourselves every day. For those people who aren't, I call bullshit because, you know, I'll go to a grocery store. I was saying during COVID, the example I use is, and, you know, we've got to be 1.5 away and we must do this. And there's this mom and her like kids, like all over my kid, like snot. And I'm like, oh my God, my kid's got COVID. And then in my brain, I'm like, mom, get your shit together. Right. But it's like, and then I'm like, hold on, stop a minute. How do I know that her husband might not be deployed? How do I know that she's not a single mom just fucking trying her best? Mm. But I still judged her. Yeah, of course. So the thing here is, it's like, I, I, I've never really allowed that to get in my way because we're, we are constantly judging and being judged. Mm. So again, you either like me or you don't. Um, and again, that's your own shit, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, but those people who get to know me, they will know that again, I call a spade a spade. I'm not going to fluff around. I get results for clients, but equally, you know, there's nothing better than when I get testimonials from my clients that say, not only is she strategically sound, but she equally cares about you and your family more than strategy. So for me, it's like, if you know me and know who me for who I am and allow the opportunity to get to know me, you will know that like, I'm the coach who's calling up to see how the divorce is going. I'm the coach who's calling to see how your kid is in hospital. Whereas hand on heart as a consultant who has been in four masterminds and is, you know, I spend anywhere from 40 to $60,000 a year on coaching. None of my coaches have ever picked up the phone. None of my coaches have ever, you know, DM me out of what they have to do. Yeah. I remember the first time you rang me, I nearly fell over. (laughs) Yes, what, like it's, what is it's, going on? Is the world imploding? Angela yeah. Henderson is ringing me. What's happening here? But that's that human to human marketing yeah. stuff, right? Like yeah, yeah. every client that signs with me, I will pick up the phone personally. They will get a personalized gift from me. Every person that comes to my retreat, I block out um, two afternoons where I pick up the phone and I call all 50 women to make sure that they feel comfortable with coming. What can I do to make their experience better? It's not my staff, it's me. Yeah. Um, again, those are the choices. People could say, well, you just spent a whole day doing that. Yeah, maybe I did. But again, I left a memory and I did a disruption doing to what they're used to. And my whole role or my whole kind of goal for myself as a business consultant is when people work with me and they move on because you should never work with a coach forever and no coach yes i'm so glad you said that well yeah. never 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 like i always tell people you are with me for a short time and then you need to go to someone else who can help you at the next stage mm. but when they leave my mastermind or my retreat or my one-to-one and when they get to that next coach and that next coach will help them but deep down i'm like Ange was better 
you know, <laughs> because not because of like from an ego, but yeah, from a care factor. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she took the opportunity to treat us like not, and I'm not saying that people don't treat you like humans, but a lot of times it is transaction. What can I do to help you? End of it. So even when yeah. my clients leave me. You know, I don't, I'm not necessarily looking for their stuff all the time, but if it's their birthday, of course, I'm going to say happy birthday. If it's something happened to the kid, I'm going to reach out and say like, hey, are you okay? Like my relationship doesn't just stop because of the transaction. Contract and that's a choice I made, yeah. I made, whereas I know other people do that for boundaries and I'm fine with that. But yeah, you either like me or you don't. I'm okay with it. But again, uh, you know, I know for a fact that I wear my heart on my sleeve and connection and community and space is imperative for me. Awesome. And one of the reasons that I asked you that question, Ange, um, which you probably already know, is because you are uh, like a, a big character in the Australian uh, terrain of business coaches. But everybody who is in business has pretty much an even amount of people who love them and who don't. Mm -hmm. And so that being judged happens to everybody, regardless of whether you walk in the room and all eyes are on you or not. Mm -hmm. That just naturally happens. So everyone listening to this is going to have experienced that to some kind of degree. Mm -hmm. yep. So um, I really appreciate you talking about that with me. Yeah, Last yeah, question. No what do you, what do you wish that people, when we meet Angela Henderson, the brand online <clears throat> in your pink hoodie with your Nutella jar, talking about the stuff that you talk about and being kind of so open, we feel like we really know you. Um, mm -hmm. What do you wish that people knew about you that maybe we don't get to see all the time? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things, again, is I don't necessarily talk about it often because I'm like, how is this going to help people, right? And mm -hmm. But one of the things is, is when my integrity uh, is questioned or when other people compromise their own integrity, it's definitely one of the things that I'm like, whoa, I know I'm triggered by it, but it's because integrity is one of my core values. So, you know, if I'm doing work with something or I'm putting on an event or I'm putting on a summit or anything like that, and, you know, for example, people, you know, speakers or et cetera, they, they agree to do something and then they don't do it, right? For me, that's one of the, I'm just like, but why? Why didn't you do it? So what I guess you don't necessarily see is, you know, there are days where I'm, I feel exceptionally let down when I feel exceptionally disappointed in humans because I'm just kind of like, why, if I did that to you, how would you feel? You would feel horrible, but why are you, why is it okay for you to do it to me? And so I hear often when things like this happen, oh my goodness, I was so busy. Yeah, but you know what? We're all fucking busy, right? So it's kind of like, you know, well, if all of a sudden there is 10 speakers at my event and eight of them don't do the right thing, that also means that I'm not able to support those additional women in business to get the tools, community and resources they need. Go back mm -hmm. to why am I doing this? It's not just about revenue. It's about there's women out there that, need, that you know, I mean, could have significant growth and change from us. And we've now just stunted that from happening because you were too busy yeah. so i guess disappointment is something that uh you know i find yeah. it doesn't matter from day one in business till now i equally get up just as upset about it because i'm just like you know i do the right thing when i'm on a podcast i share it i promote it i do the right thing if i'm in a summit i do the right thing if i'm at a speaking event and when other people don't do that show me that same kind of integrity and respect uh yeah the disappointment is definitely there yeah yeah well thank you very much for sharing that i think that's that's a human thing that maybe we don't often get from the online version of Angela, which, which I think is, is important for people to know is remember that there is, there is a human behind all of that work. Um, mm -hmm. And 
yeah, even if she's coming on podcasts saying fucking love me or don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> there are feelings in there. Oh, 100%, you know, but I guess Jay, for me is, is I will have my pity party and then yeah. the next day I'm like next. next. And so for yeah, me, yeah. I have, and, and, and I know you articulated that well before we press record, but the really, the reality of it is, is I, I, failing is not an option. It never has been. And so, you know, with the summit, for example, is, I just ran the Women in Business Success Summit. We had over 400 people sign up. My minimum goal was 500. You know, I was like, oh, dude, this fucking sucks that we didn't get that goal. Da, 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 da. We didn't get as many people. But I'm like, okay, next. And that is how I do because at the end of the day, as a business owner, as a woman, whatever, we have choice every single day when we wake up. You know, I lost my grandmother on Christmas Day, my brother on Mother's Day, a good friend out in WA in you know, January. I lost a father type figure in January and one of my best friends in high school just died all within two years. Yeah. Now, I mean, I've been throwing some pretty shitty curveballs, add depression and anxiety from a few years ago. But the reality of it is, is I have a choice. I have a choice how I show up every day. I have a choice how I respond to situations every day. And for me is I just choose next, right? Mm-hmm. I sit in it, I grieve in it. But the reality of it is, is when my family died, they're not coming back. So, you know, again, I have my moments and I grieve, but I'm, all, I'm very much like, what's next? How can I make the world a better place uh, to, yeah, for my children, for the people, for the community, for the women? Um, so very much you will see me not really dwell on social media about it or whatever, or even on my podcast, because I'm just going to like, let's rock and roll to the next thing. Let's make it, it better. So, yeah. Well, thank you for bringing your so human self to so Chris today, Angela. Um, are you definitely sure you don't want to take us out because I'm going to say something about Nutella regardless. Of- <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I do love I can... Nutella. I do love Nutella. <laughs> so may your day be so crisp. So crisp is the crack of the hot foil seal you stab with a spoon in anticipation of eating Nutella out of a jar. <laughs> <laughs> love it. You've been listening to So Crisp with copywriter, copy coach, and consultant Jay Crisp Crow. If you've loved this episode, get all the juicy details and links at crispcopy.com.au forward slash podcast. Make sure you never miss a bite by subscribing to So Crisp wherever you get your podcasts. Want to help us spread the deliciousness? Rate and review this show and share with your mates. Remember, if there's a copy question you want nibbled at, email me straight away right now.